0: Funky. Down.
1: Nasty. Hey, listen to the man. Well, Godfather.
0: Hey,
2: that Don't play. beep beep we gotta get over before we go undone. Down beep beep we gotta
0: get over before we go undone.
3: Welcome back that to New thing, thing Thursday edition say, of Ball Don't Lie, where... Your boy Harball is lost for words right now cuz I don't know what the theme is. So Patrick, do right, you, I mean, I mean, you
0: maybe me you give of what the name of the song is? Yeah. The name one. of the song is Funky President. People it's bad. Presidents Day. It's president's Day on Monday. Yes, okay. There's songs about presidents or being okay. the president, things of that and nature. controversies and conspiracies. It was well, I like well it. that was it was Ronnie Talk to Russia. Yeah. About Ronald Reagan. Yep. The first song was about JFK. He was a friend of mine. It's about J F K. Okay. So all these have been about presidents. I got you. So some of them will be about being the president Because I was looking forward, not backwards. Not backwards, but yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, there's there's some weird songs about presidents I could play. Okay. Well, you hear
3: my man Patrick Davis over there. You can follow him on Twitter at it's Patrick Davis. My man Rod Babers is out, but you can still hit him up at Rod Babers. And of course, I am Hardball Hard. You can follow me at Hardball Hard. And sitting in today, you can follow him, my man Chip Brown at ChipBrown247. Chip Brown 247. Chip. Thank you for sitting in, by the way. And it's always good chopping it up with you. Oh, yeah, As man. always. But I wanted to get to a, star- a story that you had written this past week and an article that you had written. And the conversation that you had with one, uh, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director at the University of Texas. And it was very intriguing to me. Number one, the dude just tells you everything that's going on, right? He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's going to keep things uh, headed in the right direction. And he's going to give you – some of the thoughts that he's allowed to give you. Obviously things change and he's got to kind of keep some things close to his vest through all the things that were being talked about and things that he was addressing. The one thing that stood out to me, and I know people are going to ask you about the led lights, the new practice facility going from turf to grass and all that. And that's great. And I'll give you the floor for that. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was the way that, they were going to pay back the money. I thought that was the most interesting part to me, where they were not going to take fees from the conference this year and possibly part of the conference next year or their time in the SEC, where they're going to be able to pay it all back. I thought that part was the most intriguing part to me.
2: Yeah, they're going to take nothing from the Big 12 for the 23-24 school year, and... The revenue distribution this past year was 42.6 million. So let's say the revenue stays flat. They take nothing. That's 42. That's 42.6. Yep. Oklahoma's gonna take nothing. And that's 42.6, but they'd still have 7 million. And, right. You know, 7.4 that, million left mm-hmm. to pay on their 50 million. They would, because it's ESPN, they would take less again in their first year. In the SEC, only seven million less, right? And
3: will still be a ESPN pretty penny. Would
2: pass that on to the Big Twelve, so it's. But you know the revenue is supposed to jump once Texas and Oklahoma right. are in the SEC to between sixty and seventy-five million per year. So Texas will make that money back in Quickly. no time, and they Quickly. have the reserves to right to endure. With taking nothing, 23-24. Do, do
3: you think part of that is because of the success that Texas has have producing revenue anyway over the last few years? They've they've created that reserve, as you just said, to where it's like, okay, we got a big enough cushion right now. We can go ahead. Well, and Well, in and that defer town
2: hall, that. Del Conte said our revenues <clears throat> were two hundred twenty five million. They spent two hundred sixteen million. Now they give the university a lot, right? right. Like they pay rent to the university. They pay the electric bill for all the buildings, you know, that they use. Right. It's a, it's a unique relationship where Texas athletics contributes, you know, over 10 million a year to the central university, just point blank. Like it's part of their billing. And, and so, you know, they're going to have, they have reserves Mm -hmm. and they have reserves usually around 50 million. So, even with the COVID year, and that's where Del Conte deserves a ton of credit because he's not only overseeing the largest uh, college athletics uh, facility renovation and um, addition, $750 million over the last five years, and it's touched every single sport at yeah. Texas. The south end of DKR, the new Moody Center, the $60 million practice basketball facility. You know, the baseball indoor, the softball, um, every sport has right. gotten some. And that's Eddie Reese got his outdoor pool. He finally got it. Finally. They, it came through. Promised from Daryl Royal in <laughs> 1978 when Daryl hired him, when Daryl was the athletic director. Right. And and so, and that turned out to be fortuitous timing because now you've got NIL. Yes. And Del Conte last night was not at the Journey concert at the Moody Center, he was... That is shocking to me that he wasn't I there. know, and, but it was because he was at a Texas One Fund fundraiser. Oh, got it. And, and now he's having a fundraise for, the, for NIL in addition to fundraising for the Longhorn Foundation. And fortunately, he's gotten most of his facility stuff done and paid right. for. You know, he has to go raise money. Obviously, you've got this indoor football practice facility you just mentioned that's going to be about 70 million dollars. Okay, he's got to go raise that money and when he raises a certain amount, the regents say, "Okay, you can break ground." Right. And so, you know, he's got to he's got to go raise that money and get people to to give to NIL. The big push that they're trying to do for NIL is get people to just you know, like St. Jude's pledge $19 right. a month. They want Texas fans to pledge $50 a month, $25 a month, $100 a month, whatever they can afford, and then it just goes on auto-draft. And Right, you, you don't know, even have to think about right. it. Right, yeah, and they don't have to does. call you anymore. Right, right. You know, so just, hey, just what do you got? $27, <laughs> $19, St. Jude style, what, right. whatever you want. Let's do it. And if they get enough, because they have the largest body of living alumni. Yes. You figure you got 600,000 Longhorns out there who've graduated that maybe they could spare 10 bucks. Right. Oh, man. If each one did 10 bucks a month. Oh, it would be great. Oh,
3: that NIL fund would be solvent. Well, I had talked to some people, and I know you've talked to a lot of people as well, and they were saying in the very beginning of the NIL situation, people were thinking that the donations or whatever – was going to the long is like the Longhorn Foundation. Well, it wasn't, it's totally different, right, Totally fun. different. It's something totally different from there. And people that were thinking that they were do- doing it to the Longhorn Foundation, they thought that was going to, and it was like, no, 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 that's not how it's written up. And now they had to change everything and the approach on how it was being presented. With that being said, you talked a little bit about it, but there were some other things that were brought up throughout the uh, town hall that some of the other people were wondering about, and one of them is the new lighting. Um, I was just in in, at Globe Life, and I saw when a player hit a home run, they had the lights flickering and all this other stuff. Is that something that they're looking at for the LED lighting for maybe a touchdown or home run or just like that?
2: Yeah, that's what they'll be able to do because right now the lights that are in DKR – Are from like 1916. I mean, like it takes 15 minutes for those lights to come on. So if there was a lightning bolt that knocked them out or, you know, tripped a breaker, you know, (laughs) with these LED lights, you can, with one flick, you can turn all the lights off in the stadium, flick the light back on, and they're all back on. Yeah, that's what Lindsay sells. Lindsay sells a lot of those. So we know.
3: So it's a total
2: game changer. Yeah. They don't flicker though. Well, yeah. (laughs) So you'll have all that. That ability to to mess with the atmosphere, kind of. I mean, they have LED lighting in the Moody Center. Right. you and can see it. Yeah, see you it. see the and way they, it happens. They change it up and different songs and whatever. Right, and they'll be able to do that. And obviously, people been paying attention to what's going on in the SEC. Alabama has LED lighting. It's, right, it you know just makes it a party atmosphere, a raucous atmosphere when everything's bouncing and jumping and and so you know i think that's going to be a notable thing they're not they're not going to get the new video board in this year right. but they will have a whole new video board when they go into the sec yeah
3: and that's that's a major part of the 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 move as well you want to be buttoned up ready to go so when you do make that transition there's no hiccups. I mean, you're still going to be going through some of the the buildings and, and, and going. you're going to see a lot of cranes around the university. That's just the way it's been going. But you want to be heading into the right direction. I don't know if this was brought up at the town hall because we were on air when it was going on. But did they ever talk about the scoreboard at the baseball field? Because, as you know, they have the right field wall and everybody's still waiting for that because they have this big drape on it because it's not working yet, is that something that it's was brought up It's supposed to be,
2: in? like, ready to go soon, I think.
3: Yeah. Well, I was thinking the, that the they right were field. trying to – The right field. They're, it's just got a um, – it's got a tarp – not a tarp. I don't want to call it a tarp because it's way better looking. Like than a, a tarp.
2: Like a drape They over got a it.
3: drape over it that talks about the Texas Longhorns, their history and all yeah, that yeah. other stuff. But it, that is a scoreboard. But the light bulbs aren't – Working yeah, yeah, yeah. or
0: something no, I, like that. When I was there the other day, I was like, I didn't see a tart, but I did see a thing that had. That's what yeah. it is. Okay, so, yeah. The,
3: yeah, that's what it is at right center field. Yeah, so I'm he said that, that, that
2: the shipment since COVID has pushed everything back. Okay, and that they got snake bit by it too. Right, like Dactronics, who's a big video board maker. Right, their parts are oh, they're way it's so just, far behind. Yeah, so
3: that should be coming soon. Yeah, no doubt. And that's why, you know, when you start looking at this and he given basically his State of the Union about everything where everybody can ask all these questions, um, I thought it was very enlightening from, uh, enlightening from some of the stuff that you had written and other sites had written. But what was something else that stood out to you that you think that the people would really want to know about? Well, I think
2: the Rodney Terry conversation. Yes. It, it, the, consistently across the board. The answer is we'll address this at the end of the season. Yeah. Like after March Madness. So that's that's the consistent line. You know, because everyone's like, man, if he wins the Big Twelve regular season championship, Texas has never won that. Right. Don't you just give it to Rodney Terry at that point? They're gonna they're he gonna He got
3: the bump. He got the bump in the in the, the pay bump. raise. He got yeah. the bump
2: and, yeah. it, and it's deserved. No doubt. No doubt. You know, hopefully the other assistants got a little something, too, because they've been, I mean, it's it's one of the best stories in college basketball, if not the best, in how these players, how Ronnie Terry and that coaching staff responded to Chris Beard being dismissed and have taken it on their shoulders and said, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. No one believes it, but we're going to do this. And now here they are, three games from the end of the regular season, and they're tied with Kansas for a chance to win a Big 12 regular season championship. They got the tougher road.
3: Right, for sure.
2: They got to go to Baylor Saturday. They got to go to TCU, TCU next week. And then finish and then up here. play Kansas here. Yeah. Kansas is at home <laughs> for two games right. before they come to Austin. So, and,
3: and what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on, on I'm not going to hold you to this, as far as Rodney is is concerned, but what do you thought he's done? How do you think he's done uh, taking over for this situation? I mean, that's a lot of experience on that bench anyway, with the coaches that are still here, and they were all brought in for a specific role. The only difference is they just got moved a little bit. Chris Ogden had to go back to coaching right. as well, and that's another guy that was a head coach. I mean, so I, he understands. I get it.
2: I get, I think they've done a great job. Yep. I think they've done a great job. They got five players who are playing their fifth season. Correct of college basketball, so they've got a veteran team. Mm-hmm. Twenty three years old is the average age. Um,
3: hey, Patrick, that goes back. They're older than the uh, OKC Thunder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're so older I get, than the I Thunder. get, I get Texas officials wanting
2: to wait until the yeah. end of the season because look, you're trying to project Rodney Terry. Building the program from scratch. correct. Building the culture with his own recruits, his own players. What's that going to look like? And and Texas typically has not been a place where they give a guy a first chance. Mm -hmm. They typically go find a guy who's done it. You know, Vic Schaefer. Been to the National Championship game twice at Mississippi State. Mike White. Been to the College World Series every year at Oregon. You know, Edric Florial competed for championships <laughs> at Stanford and Kentucky before he came here. And that's just typically how they yeah. do it. So um we'll see. We'll see. I mean if he
3: wins the Big Twelve oh, Championship regular season but wins the Big Twelve Championship um tournament, that's pretty good. It's that's still pretty got good. A, you still, still gotta got go on there still the gonna the have tournament. to get second weekend. weekend. You've yeah. Second weekend. I've got at least second yeah. weekend because yeah.
0: That is the, because it's, what have you done for me lately? Oh, for sure. And if you win all the Big 12 and then lose that first game, well, he can't win the big one. Yeah. And like, however fair it is or not, (laughs) you you have to win a couple games. Because once he does that, then he is equal to pretty much every coach in the last last 10 years of Texas basketball. Yeah. He gets to the second weekend. Yeah. So now you can't compare him and go, well, we kept all these other guys when they weren't doing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And
2: I love Rodney. I've known oh, Rodney yeah. since, you know, he was here with Barnes. And the guy is a. He's solid. Solid. Rock solid. solid. Alert, and man. I love his approach with these guys. It's yeah. very different from Chris Beard. Uh,
3: I think everybody was a little oh, bit different. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, if all were, know if that. You were
2: sitting near the bench <laughs> and Chris Beard was coaching. Earmuffs, yeah. muffs, yeah. muffs, more muffs. Yep. Uh, Rodney's going to get in your backside, but he's also going to.
3: What you mean, Chip? I gotta get over there and talk to him, man. Gotta make sure them boys and, out there Rodney, ready to play. Rodney's—he is being powered yeah. by
2: the faith that you know he lost his dad in August. Mm-hmm. He's very spiritual right now, very much so. You know, and I'm not saying he wasn't before, but he's—he is, and he's—he's he's like, you know, we're gonna do this out of joy and love, and you're kind of hearing that same message from Jerome Tang at K State. Yep. It's very interesting. Because it goes against a lot of the whole Urban Meyer, yeah, the Nick old Saban, school, the old school, Bobby Knight, yeah, Scorched Earth, scare them into
3: believing, in breaking them down, up. and yeah. building them back up in your image. And it's a new era of basketball, it's a new era. yeah, for it's a new sure. Era. And a lot of people either respond to it, and you, I mean that's how the, you coached Royce O'Neill, isn't it? Oh, for sure. When you, you know were how that, yeah. coaching that AAU team, that's you why ended up. Yeah, that's why an, I ended up leaving. <laughs> an NBA player. <laughs> hey man, I was just trying to look out for him. He was still going through injuries, and I didn't oh, want him out there rushing. You're trying to get him some rest. I was trying to get him some rest until he to got send a healthy. Message. Yeah. I just got to make sure that he was healthy as we move
0: forward. Let me his ask you this. His parents were like, we're not playing for that, hard
3: <laughs> Cat anymore. And large,
0: likes load management. I, I was trying yeah. to
3: give him load management early so he could understand what it's like when he to Ahead of your the, time,
0: the, <laughs> Harge. Hey, man, I'm a trendsetter. That's what I like to call it. All the other players are like, get his
2: ass out on the floor, <laughs> man. We want
3: to win this game. <laughs> I was trying to look out for everybody. I want to ask you this. You, uh, you wrote an article this morning on The Insider talking about freshman linebacker Anthony Hill Ooh. and what, what – the people are saying about him. We all know he was a top linebacker in the state and and definitely when you watch his film, when you watch his film, you realize, oh yeah, he's got that. But we've seen guys that look like that that kind of come into the college game and try to find their way, and it takes some people a little bit longer than it takes others. But we've also seen that player that could have been that was looked at as one of the top players in the country, and he came in and played like one of the top players in the country. So what have you been hearing about Anthony Hill from his former coaches, from the coaches on staff? I mean, just the way my man goes about his work. Yeah,
2: he's he's all about business, and he is in it to yep. win it. And he's he's a Kinda guy. Kind of like
3: Kelvin Banks, right? Yeah. A young guy that came in with a purpose and Absolutely. a Absolutely. Focused. Great,
2: great call. Yeah. And – you know, I was talking to his high school coaches. They're like, he is just burning up his iPad, getting in the playbook. I'm hearing from sources in the program that the guy is killing it. They're already planning on him playing. Right. I mean, they're don't, the words immediate impact are being tossed around. Right. And that's that's exciting because part of the reason he came to Texas was opportunity. Right. And with Demarvin Overshown moving on. You know, they're going to start in there. He's going to wear number 0, so it's not going to be hard to find hey him. Hey now. Hey now. And and he's he's built like DeMarvin. He's got long arms. Nice. He's like 6'2" and some change. Right at 228. Kid ran on the 4x100 relay at Denton Ryan that finished second at state in 40.7 seconds. Yeah. 40.7 seconds. That's people. getting it. That's everybody running a 10 flat 100. That's getting it. And he's 6 Two almost six
3: three two twenty eight yeah, running like that. Come on, man! And that's what the thing was that we missed in the bowl game. Not taking anything away from Dorsey, Carter, uh, Dorsey, and the sideline. The sideline. That's the part that yeah. was missing from DeMarvia in the in the bowl game. And obviously, we'll talk about the offense a little bit later. But watching them play and watch them go from sideline to sideline is so so important. Yeah. And, and for him to be compared to that, that's good. And he's he loves contact. Yeah.
2: So that's that's inside linebacker mentality. Right. But he can come off the edge as a as a sophomore at Den Ryan. He had a strip sack in the state championship game mm-hmm. against Cedar Park that was returned for a touchdown as a sophomore. Yeah. That dude's been making plays on the biggest stage from the beginning for quite some time. And, like, the game that people talk about with him, they lost in the state quarterfinals to College Station his junior year. The but deal. he had 12 oh, tackles. I was to say, he had a ridiculous
3: number of tackles.
2: He had, a, he had a, two sacks, a strip. He ran for 60 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, this dude, and he cramped up so bad in the fourth quarter, he, his 60-yard touchdown gave them the lead. They're up 21-20, but he cramped up so bad he had to go to the sideline to get an IV, and while he was getting the IV, College Station scored and won the, yeah, won the game. Yeah, ended up winning the game, yeah. 26-21, so, and he he was devastated about it. He's like, man, if I didn't come off the field, they wouldn't have won. You right. know, well, you couldn't walk, so <laughs> we have a problem here. But that's that's who he is, right. and I, I think this he's, you know, he's the guy that I've been – him and Derek Williams. Now, Derek Williams isn't even on campus yet. He's the –
3: the Safety out of He's Louisiana. the raptor, yeah. His nickname is the raptor. I was gonna say, is that like you gave the Joker? The I mean, Kraken. I, the Kraken is that you didn't did give him me that? that anymore. Did you give him that? No, he okay, gave that okay. to okay. himself. Okay, okay,
2: and then he changed it <laughs> to default <laughs> in the Joker
3: and the Joker. I'm That's like, right, the Kraken. He's like, Man, no calls me that anymore. <laughs> it's default. So, the Raptor is gonna be a guy that everybody should be looking for. Derek Williams, I just. I just like the way he plays. Yep. Anthony
2: Hill is a guy who knows he's got talent, yep. knows he's got gifts, but he doesn't act that way, and he works, right? And he grinds, and he does every Kelvin little thing Banks. exactly. Yeah, when your hardest work, when your best players are your hardest workers, that's when the magic happens. Yep. And now you're, you know, Arch Manning's got that kind of work ethic. Anthony Hill, Jonte Cook, Sed Baxter, C.J. Baxter. I've written about him. This dude is. Another Bijan Robinson from a—he yeah,
3: he looks like a, a specimen. Yeah, yeah, he looks. And I saw some videos of him working out, doing some running, and yeah, he's he's built different. He's built like a guy that could come in and play right away. Yeah, he's built like that. He built like what Cedric looked like when he first got here. See, RFPC I think he's ben Benson. I think he's a little longer. You know, you know he, he's more. He, he's built like AP. Oh, really?
2: Like, he runs straight up like tall, that, kind yeah, of like left. Dickerson. Yeah. And, Adrian Peterson. and he can catch it. Nice. He's much better pass catcher than Adrian Peterson, let's put it that
3: <laughs> way. AP <laughs> struggled a little bit. Yeah, he did. Coming out of backfield, we're just going to run with we're him. We're just going to hit him, just, him the ball. Go straight. 1,900 yards
2: as a freshman. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. I mean, people forget, and I'll never forget. And he was going
3: to gonna be that guy that everybody kept saying, he looked like he could go to the NFL right, straight exactly. from high school.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll never forget the the OU defensive lineman who came to media days that year said, "This dude looks like he's been in our weight program for 3 years." Right.
3: And he had he he had that that yeah. man yeah. strength. Yeah, he was he was di- built different. Yeah. He was one of those guys that you were like, "Oh, whose dad is Grown that?" Grown man strength. Like Samaj P. Ron lifting weights and everybody thought it was somebody's daddy he was that big when he went to Oklahoma. We're going to continue this conversation a little bit later because my man Chip Brown has all kinds of nuggets in his insider. You can follow all of his work at Horns247. That's Horns247. Or you can just follow him at Chip Brown 247 When we come back, we're going to be talking to a college baseball Hall of Famer, a Longhorn legend, and he just got his jersey retired. We're going to talk to the great Kirk Dressendorfer when we get back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of you, I'm speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael?
2: Oh, that's funny. Michael?
3: Welcome back to new new theme Thursday edition of Bald Online. The theme was President's Day. My man, Patrick Davis, had me all confused as I was going through it, but he did let me know that that's what it's all about. So all the songs will be about President's Day. Um, we love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512 337 3776. I'm Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at HardballHard. My man, Patrick Davis, at It'sPatrickDavis. Rob Babers is out but you can still follow him at Rob Babers and sitting in for Rob is my man Chip Brown you can follow him at Chip Brown 247 and joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a gentleman that uh I've known since 1988 I know don't 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 age us but I've known him since 1988 He is a Longhorn legend. He was inducted into the Longhorn Hall of Honor in 2002. He was inducted into the College Baseball Hall of Fame in 2009. He has one of the best resumes of all time of any player that has ever played or pitched at the University of Texas. And he has just been told that his number 10 will be retired at the University of Texas. No one will ever be able to wear that number, my man, Kirk Dressendorfer. Kirk, how you doing, brother?
1: I am doing well. How you doing today, Hart?
3: I'm doing great. My man, Chip Brown, is sitting in with us today, so I'm sure he's going to have a bunch of questions for you as well. Dress,
1: how you doing? Hey, good. How you doing, Chip? Good.
3: So, Kirk, man, look, man, here's the deal. You're a three-time All-American. You have all-Southwest Conference player. And now you have become the ninth Longhorn to ever have their baseball jersey retired, their number retired here. We can get into your numbers in just a minute, but when you got the the conversation, we saw it on Twitter, but in your heart of hearts, did you think this was ever going
1: to happen? To be honest, not not really. I mean, I you, you hoped it could someday, but I I it's been a while, right. Since, uh, <laughs> <laughs> since, since We were there. So I, I never lost sleep ever, you know, you, you know, as a player, you you can, you learn to control what you can control. And uh, yeah, I was proud of what I accomplished there, but it, you know, and I'm happy for, for everybody and every, you know, it's a tough call, a tough decision. I wouldn't want to be the, the ones having to make those decisions. So, you know, I, 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 I've been more than blessed and, you know, this is, you know, icing Jerry on top of the cake, but uh, you know, it's, I never worried too much about things like that because you know I, you get recognized for what you accomplished in, in other areas and other things. But this is you know kind of the pinnacle of that from a college standpoint.
3: Yeah, it's amazing when you start looking at your numbers through nineteen from nineteen eighty eight through nineteen ninety. You had the second most wins in Texas history with forty five and a forty five and eight. Overall record, he had the second most complete games with 33. Um, you're the only, you are joining one of five three-time All-American first teamers in the school's history with Bert Hooten, Keith Moreland, Big Red, uh, Zeke, Greg Swindell, and of course Brooksie Brooks Kishnick. When you listen to those names that you are going to be that you are, are are joining, that that's some pretty doggone good company,
1: isn't it? Yeah, I was talking to my mom last night, you know, coming on the Uchi campus as an 18-year-old, you, you, never in your wildest dreams did you think you would be in that kind of company uh, at any point in time. And, you know, it's, it, it really is amazing. You know, I looked up the, to the guys that preceded me, you know, getting to know Bert and and Roger and Swindell and all those guys and then afterwards with you know the 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 ones that came after me with Brooks and Houston you know it's just and Taylor going in as well you know I was a big fan of theirs after I got out and you know that's it's a elite company and you know just truly honored and it's you know it it takes a while to kind of get your head wrapped around it but uh, it's truly an honor. So, Kirk, I'm looking at
2: uh, your 1989 season. You were at Texas, 88-89-90. And 89, you were unbelievable. 18-2, and you set the program record with 15 complete games that season. 2.35 ERA, 176 strikeouts, and 168 innings. And that team got to the championship of the College World Series, right? Played Wichita State.
1: That's correct. Yes, and,
2: and yes. I mean, what you are you you strike me as the kind of guy who's like got all the the records and stuff, but probably still thinks about how that '89 season ended. I don't know how that game went. I know Wichita State won at five three, but what a season that was!
1: It was quite a season. And, and one of the other guys that that has his name up there, Scotty Bryant, was a, a huge huge part of it. I I was fortunate to, to be in the dugout watching him do his his magic. And, you know, it's the closest thing, you know, Yvonne, you know, Melendez did did a similar season, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So it was, uh, you know, Scotty was unbelievable. You know, we came together at the right time. And I think, I believe, if I, if, if I recall correctly, we, we may have had the most losses in school history that year. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't all, uh, you know, walk through we 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 kind of struggled through the the conference season and really pulled it together and and got going in the regionals and you know i think we beat new orleans to go to omaha and you know next thing you know we're playing wichita state for the championship and that's uh kind of the last year of that single game championship so we yeah. we ended up with the same record which is you get <laughs> it going in but it Boy, it's hard, you know, like you said, gosh, one more game and one more big game. And, uh, you know, tip cap to Wichita State, they had a really good ball club. But uh would have loved to play them a double elimination. Yeah, yeah,
3: no <laughs> yeah. doubt. Yeah. I'm sure every Texas Longhorn fan knew that if you got another shot at them, that it would have been – you would have been going to game three, that's for sure. We're talking a lifetime Longhorn and now newly retired jersey number, number 10, The number 10 will not be worn by anybody else at the University of Texas, my man Kirk Dressendorfer. And, Kirk, we just went through your numbers, but you're going to be joining Scott Bryant, Roger Clemens, Burt Hooten, Brooks Kieschnick, Big Red, Keith Moreland, uh, Zeke, Greg Swindell, Houston Street, and Taylor Jungman uh, as your number will be retired. Only nine players had their numbers retired. And the funny thing about it, the number 21 was retired twice. That's pretty doggone cool, too.
1: Two, two pretty good ones there, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, Shane Reynolds came in. He wore 21, and that's a lot of pressure. It puts a lot of pressure on a guy. So, uh, you know, boy, I enjoyed watching both the uh, – both those twenty ones pitch all through their career, college and pro.
3: No doubt about it. So, Kirk, you know, after you got after you graduated from Texas and you got drafted in the first round, nineteen ninety draft. You and I were drafted in the same year. Um, you got a chance to play eight seasons. Obviously, you made it to the big leagues. And you know, Chip was asking me during the break earlier today. He was talking about your arm and and how many innings you had used in that deal. Um, but I told him, I said it doesn't matter if Kirk, uh, if Coach Gus would have went out there, if Tony have went out there, and they asked him if he could throw, he was definitely going to say he could throw. But looking back on your career, you wouldn't have changed the thing, would you?
1: No, I mean you, you, you kind of you know, injuries can happen at any any time to anybody. So you you kind of take the mindset you can go as long as you can, as hard as you can. You know, I think. I think there's some been been a good advances in arm care over the years uh, just because you only get one of those and it's a you know you got to take care of it but uh you know you see the rash of Tommy John injuries so I think that's the next course correction is going to have to happen in our game but uh no I mean I gosh I I grew up as an everyday player and you know as a starting pitcher it's hard to watch when you're in close games, and you know you can go out there and help the team close out a game, uh, even if you pitched the day before, so you know, uh, just just loved competing. That was that was what it was all about. So your
2: your rookie year, you you weren't in the you were not in the minors very long. They called you up. I think your first start was against the Seattle Mariners. You won the start, and you struck out Ken Griffey Jr. twice. Is that right?
1: That that's correct. Yeah, I made the team out of spring training, which we had a loaded team, and uh, you know it was it was a huge honor. And you get you, you get first game in the big leagues, you have your first. You know, first out was Harold Reynolds, and first strikeout, I think Ken Griffey was Ben Griffey Junior was the third batter, and he was my first strikeout in the big leagues. How about and that's that? A pretty good one to have. Yeah. You remember what your number. approach was with him? Well. <laughs> The the pitchers meetings the A's had were, were pretty advanced in analytics and going over the pitchers and uh, the hitters and he was only two one of two hitters that the the advice was just basically change it up because he has no weaknesses that didn't give you a whole lot of confidence going <laughs> in, <but> so <laughs> so it was really just throw whatever Terry Steinbach put down and uh, you know, I think I got him on a, a three two fastball that ran a little bit and. Uh, so it, it worked out for me, but I was relieved because he's a, he's a pretty terrifying hitter to face. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah, that's, that's got to be a great memory.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and it was nice having my family there. You know, as, a, as a starter, you could plan it, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a special day for sure.
2: What, can I ask real quick about Gus? You know, his magic, if someone said to you, what was his magic, what would you say?
1: I would say, and I played for you know. There's a lot of similarities when I played for Coach Gus and Tony Larusa. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just every day coming to the ballpark, being prepared, and you know they were intense competitors. And literally, I mean, it, you know, Tony Larusa even in spring training games didn't want to lose. And and I think Coach Gus was very similar, wired the same way. If we're if we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to win i don't care what it what it is and what it's in and, and he demanded you know a, a lot everybody to 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 be ready to to go compete at that level so and i i had a lot of similarities got along with with both of them well from a you know in the clubhouse when the game was on it was on and uh love love playing we're winning was the the, the number one focus
3: and, Kirk, before we let you go, man, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this year's team. Uh, you got a chance to speak to them earlier this year. Uh, first weekend is done, tough weekend, but they come back and they beat Corpus and, and, uh, 12-2 to on Tuesday. But then they have their games that are going to be happening this weekend against Indiana. I've told everybody the key word this year is going to be patience and understanding, and as they go, we will go. So what was your first thoughts of this Texas baseball team?
1: Hey, I I think they have you know the talent, and I think that's what Coach Pierce wanted me to touch on a little bit with uh, you know especially my freshman year coming in and you know I was fortunate to go fifteen and two, but you know you you got to get adjusted to your surroundings really quickly, you know and uh, you know you you, you the breaking in period has to be expedited and you know I kind of talked through some of that and you know I I think they're going to be fine. It's tough, you know. it's, Tough first three games right out of the chute. You saw him settle in uh, the other day, and, you know, LeBaron looks great. on looked great in his first start. So no. they've, they, they have the talent. It's just, you know, you do have to be patient, and you got to get some games and innings under your belt, especially with the, the new players that are adjusting to playing at Falk, but uh, they're going to be fine. You get the talent and everything else will kind of fall into place.
3: Yeah, and that's what we've been hoping for. So Yeah, and Pierce has got
2: a new coaching staff. He said they have to get their communication down. That's right.
3: That's right. We make that change.
1: Oh, they—they—they they, they have some. They're solid on the pitch. I mean, in the coaching staff too. You know, they—they they brought in. they they brought in some great guys. You know, I—I I played against Woody back in the day and enjoyed watching his long uh, career in the major leagues. So they—they they have a wealth of knowledge. You know, Steve Rodriguez. They—they they, they just have a ton of knowledge in that in that locker room. So, they—they're—they're going to be fine.
3: Yeah, there he is, my man, Kirk Dressendorfer. Kirk, did they give you the date on which they're going to retire your jersey?
1: Uh, March 25th, it's a Saturday against Texas Tech. I believe the game's at 2.30, so we're looking forward to it and heard from a lot of friends and teammates and family, so it, uh, it's going to be an exciting day. Yeah, I
3: can't wait. Congrats. And, and it is long overdue, my friend. I appreciate you coming on with us, and we'll get this posted over at um, hornfm.com on our podcast page. But as always, I will see you soon and definitely see you around the ballpark, my friend.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and love listening to you guys. Yeah.
2: Appreciate
3: it, brother. Congratulations. Congrats,
2: Congrats, Kirk.
1: There he is, Kirk Dressendorfer.
3: Finally gets his number retired. Long overdue. The number 10 will no longer be worn at the University of Texas. When we come back, my man Patrick has an off the record for us. I guess people like to change their names. I don't know. Maybe it's Ocho Cinco again. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.
1: D D Mega doo I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will
0: spell out Deli Cat Essen.
1: Well, I don't get, I get a break day and comb. Well,
2: congratulations. Continue. Good sex in the uh, sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy.
1: And boom goes the dynamite.
2: It's time for another edition of Off the Record.
0: Do it live! I can will write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks.
3: Welcome back to Off the Record on a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick Davis, we found this article a couple of days ago, and we've been wanting to talk about it. We remember when Chad Ocho – or excuse me, when Chad Johnson changed his name to Ocho Cinco. And then there was a couple other players that went through this same format, decided that they wanted to change their names. But just recently, Robbie Anderson of the Arizona
0: Cardinals – decided that he wanted to change his name. So, Pete, tell us a little bit about this. Well, so last year before the 2022 season, Robbie Anderson changed his name from Robbie with a Y to Robbie with an I-E. He was like, I prefer to spell it I-E. So he made the change, made sure everybody knew that everybody had changed it, so he had to spell it R-O-B-B-I-E. Now, apparently that was not good enough. (laughs) Maybe he got too much flack for it. Because then he is now apparently posting on social media that he has changed his name again legally, and he will now be known as Chosen Anderson. What in the world is going on? So he is Does now. Mama now, call him Clay. We gonna call him Clay. I will say he didn't change the name that is going to appear on the jersey. Ah, so it's still an Anderson, I believe on the backside. On the backside, so it's still the last name is Anderson, but he is now you have to call him Chosen in practice. Um. Yeah, that seems like a weird thing to call somebody all the time. Hey, what's the nickname for Chosen? Um. Hey, Cho? Cut. Cut. Cut? cut. Yeah, cut. you're cut. Yeah. Uh, unemployed is what it's going to.
3: And that's that, to me, just goes to the fact of, did he change his name just because? Did he change his name because he wanted to be different? How many Robbies did they have on their team? Was that the problem? But to change your name... The spelling number one and now number two, you want to be called something totally
0: different. What I mean, does this happen often? I guess would be the biggest question. I not for not for football players and not for people in the public eye. And normally like there's been stories of Except for Ocho. Yeah, and there's been stories of people that'll change their name, like to change it something privately. Yes, and then they'll just they're well, like from yeah, from
3: to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Maybe yeah. it's because of a religious belief. Too. Yeah,
0: and I think this has something to do with religion as well. That he's it's something about it, religion. But at the same point, it's there's names that just don't go well with someone having to call you it all the time. Yes, and so I mean you are just in practice you're just Anderson now. Like there's there's no way anyone is referring to you as chosen. They're just like yeah. oh, we're just gonna. You play football. We can just call you Anderson from here on out. But uh, yeah, if you were if you have drafted Robbie Anderson in any of your fantasy leagues, you can now have a guy that you have drafted under three different first names. Right. So it's Robbie with a Y, Robbie with the IE, and now Chosen. And then I'm sure he's gonna spell the spelling uh, change the spelling of Chosen next season and just keep it moving.
3: So here's the other part of it. If you decide you wanted to trade Robbie Anderson, do you get Chosen as the player to be named later?
0: <laughs> so you can get both of them. Uh, this sounds like a, this sounds like a trick to be the guy who's always picked last at, at like playing pickup ball. Exactly. He's like, you have to pick me. My name is chosen. Yeah. This
3: is. This does not make sense at all. But to each his own. And if that's what he wants to be rolled by, it's kind of like that. That that part of the Kings of Comedy. I'm not gonna call no grown man delicious. What am I gonna call a grown man delicious for? Be
0: chasing him down the street. He's like, hey, hey,
3: chosen, come here. No, I'm not doing that. I mean, uh, I, I can I, understand Robbie and just changing the spelling spelling of it. I just don't see how we're gonna call another man chosen.
0: I, I do like there's another coming. Uh, David Cross had a bit about he named his dog Red Sox because he lives in New York, and he wanted to be outside, being like, "Come on, let's go Red Sox! Come on Red Sox! Let's go! Hey Red Sox! Let's go!" <laughs>
3: Well, that sounds way better than me calling somebody chosen. It it never ceases to amaze me, some of the things that we see throughout these days. Chip, before we go to break, this question came up the other day, and I wanted you to address this because people did not believe me. You, my friend, are a Razzie voter, correct?
2: Yes, yes. The worst movies of the year. I vote on them.
3: And people... I thought I was joking about it when the Razzie came out with some of their awards. Were you the one who voted that girl, that little kid, as the worst, one of the worst actresses out there?
2: Uh probably.
3: And and she they had to come out and make an apology for putting her for in the Razzie. Crushing her spirit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She is trying to chase her dream, and you have voted her one of the worst. You and you got salty, Shannon B. Sweeney. As part of the to be a voter as well, correct? That's right. See there. That's right. See, y'all thought I was crazy I when I said my man the Who Razzie was that? Awards in
2: a column I wrote at the Dallas Morning News, and they invited me to be a voter.
3: And now you are always going to be a voter.
2: I'm... I'm right there.
3: And I think you voted The Rock in one, as one
2: of the worst. At yeah, he one, had why, some tough he had some <laughs> tough films is, there. Is
3: Grease 2 a Razzie? No, <laughs> Grease 2 is one of the best movies ever made, and you can't tell me different. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. we got my man Chip Brown sitting in with us. We're going to try to figure out if Aaron Rodgers just came out of his hole, and do we have six more weeks of winter, or is he going to pick a team? And the Cardinals website still has
2: Robbie Anderson. No, they got to get that changed. They got to get that changed. They got to change a lot of things in going (laughs) there.
3: Exactly. There's a lot that needs to be changed. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.